about the band a little bit. Uh, I obviously work hand in hand with these guys. And I want to tell you where we've come from as far as Creekside is to the point we are now. I think a lot of you guys could remember where the band um, was like maybe seven of us, eight of us, pretty consistently every week. And I, I... I've seen this grow to where I've got like 30 people that I'm trying to fit in to a month of music. But the cool thing is we've got these people that are so willing and excited to actually serve the Lord through music um, that what you guys get up here is not because of me, <laughs> because of how talented this group is. is so good. Um, obviously, we're not perfect. Obviously, there's a lot of imperfections and we're not the best of, of what we do. But the, the commitment that these guys bring, Nick and the band and everybody that's, that's up there and the, the sound folks and... Um, the computer, everybody that help, helps out with this has made it really, really good. And so I wanted to give them a little love this morning, Nick and, and the band and everybody, uh, because when we get to come and praise our God, it's really exciting to be able to do it with a bunch of people that are up there really excited to sing to God, not to perform to you guys. And so I wanted to give them a little love before we got going. So question, we're going to have a little interaction this morning. You know, I'm going to try not to preach at you too much, and, and I probably will, even though I say that. Um, but I kind of want to just talk, and I don't even think I'm going to look at an outline, which could be scary. So, we're going to... You guys start praying now that I just tossed the outline. Because uh, I just want to talk to you guys this morning. I want a little bit of an interaction. You guys can shout out when I ask some questions. But first of all, just a show of hands, how many of you in your life at one time has been a baby? Like at least one time in your life. Okay? Like everybody. That's good. Okay. Everybody's involved. I saw a couple of people didn't raise their hands. I don't know where they came from. But uh, how many of you guys remember what it was like to be a baby? I'll talk to you guys later. Uh, I don't remember what it was like to be a baby. But how many of us remember what it's like to, to be around a baby who is hungry? Who, yes. And, and why is that? Babies are really good at letting us know when they want something. And the biggest thing they usually let us know that they want is food. There's like this internal thing about them that says, all right, now's the time, I want it now, and I have to have it. And so they're going to let us know. And if we're not doing it regularly, then they will remind us that, that, that we're not feeding them regularly. For us, what are some of the necessities that we have in life to live? Necessities. Not things that we think we need to live, but necessities we have to have to live. To, to wake up and to be able to go and, and not die. What are some of those necessities in our life? Shout it out. Water, air, food, 
Anything else between, anything else? It, huh? Safety? Love, okay. I think, you know, the last two things are nice to have, the safety and the love. The necessities for sure are the first three that I heard was water, air, and food. I think we all make that a priority in our lives every day for the most part. I mean, some, I guess, would call me out that I don't necessarily make that a priority of my days. Uh, I was already yelled at this morning for not eating breakfast, so I don't always make food the priority. Um, But I think even myself, eventually, i got to have food. If I want to live, if I want to have life, we make that a priority pretty much every day of our life. To live, we wake up when we, well, even while we're sleeping, we're breathing, believe it or not. (laughs) We breathe, we eat, and we drink. But I think what, what gets missed a lot of times in our life, that, that there's one more necessity for living. There's something else that, that goes as synonymous and hand-in-hand hand with living as air, as food, as water, as those necessities for life. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. For those of you guys who are uh, maybe visiting for the first time, that girl in the video is actually not crazy. She just loves life. So So when I was reading through 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 through 10, this is the hard part. I could, we could, we could do a series on those 10 verses in itself. We could speak for weeks. We could take... The first verse, therefore rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. We could take that verse and we could do a series on that verse alone and just hit on each of those things. So I'm not going to focus on these things. As I read through this, in all honesty, I kept coming back to one verse. And that's where we're going to spend 90-something percent of our time is on that one verse because it's going to begin and end with that. So as you guys maybe enjoy more of your own personal study, I would encourage you to go back to 1 Peter chapter 2, read through that. There's some, a lot of good things in that. And, and if I kept trying to speak on all of this stuff, again, as I say often, we'd be here for a long time. And we don't want that. So let's read through this. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that, by, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Know that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God, Through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and those and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, and a stone that causes men to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. 
Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And the verse I want to go back to and what we're going to focus on was very, uh, it was right back at the beginning. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. So we talked about these necessities for life. The things that I, I, I mean, we're all here and we're all breathing right now. So I, I'm guessing we've made all those other things we talked about, the air, the water, the food. We've made it a priority in our life. And it keeps us living. But the problem is we shouldn't be just content to live based on those three things and just be content to, to, to be alive there is another priority. There's another necessity to actually truly live, to be healthy, to grow. A baby, if it's deprived of its milk, if it's deprived of its food, it will not grow healthy. It becomes unhealthy, and it won't grow the right way. And so it has to happen. As believers, we have to have the word. We have to go to Jesus. We have to go to God to be able to live a healthy life, to grow in Christ. And I think that's, a, that's the necessity that I leave out. So as uh, the speakers, Nick and Kyle and I talk a lot here, and, and one thing we try really hard to do is be real with all of you when we're speaking up here. And we don't want to fool you with our lives. The hard part about that is that means we, we want to share with you our downfalls and our struggles and and when we speak on something that we struggle with, we want to be able to bring that out for us. And so for me, and I've mentioned this before, so this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, but one thing I struggle with, you know, I've got the prayer down. I feel like I really, I really am connected with God through prayer a lot of the time, that I have to be crying out to him, I have to be talking to him constantly. But what I struggle with is, is going to the Word of God and reading Scripture. And I will be honest, and this is really hard to admit and humbling to admit. As I hit my week of speaking, or <laughs> the last couple of weeks as I started to prepare, I hadn't read the Bible in probably three weeks. And so I, I'm reading through the passage, and I knew what I was speaking on. So it wasn't, it's, not, it's not like I wasn't aware of what was coming. Um, but three weeks, I, I hadn't opened up this necessity for living. And there's many reasons for that. One of them, and I don't want this to offend anybody in this room, because I'm obviously speaking to the opposite of what I'm about to say. But sometimes I just find it really hard to read the Bible. Sometimes it's, it's just not exciting to me. It's kind of boring, and a lot of the same things I've heard and it doesn't jump out to me. And that's not a reflection on what, how amazing the word is. That's more of a reflection on myself. But I don't necessarily get into it very easily. And it makes it a lot harder for me. And I think if we were to, to poll everybody in the room, we'd have some that would say, you know what? I love the word of God. I can read it nonstop all the time. I'm really excited about it. And I think some would say, you know what? It's really hard to read the Bible. It's really hard. You know, it shouldn't be just, uh, you know, I talk to high schoolers a lot. I used to be a youth pastor. And, and that was one of the biggest things you'd hear from youth is, 
it's not exciting. It's hard to read the Bible. You know, it's hard to read in general. We could talk to Matt. Thomas, he loves to read ESPN. Uh, but beyond that, every time we had a small group that Matt was in, he's like, ah, how long's the book? <laughs> That's how I feel with the Bible. And, and, and there are times when I can go to it and I can get something out of it and it really speaks to my heart. But a lot of the times, I could just let time go by without this necessity for living. And so I think what I want to talk about, not what I think, what I know I want to talk about is three ways we abuse that necessity for life. Three ways that come up to me, three ways I have abused it. And, okay, I'll preach for a second before we keep talking. I want you guys to realize when I emphasize necessity for living, that's not an understatement. This is real. You guys want a healthy life. You guys want to live a better life. You want to have a life in Christ that is, is so much better than we could imagine. Pay attention to what we talk about this morning because we ignore it all the time. I ignore it. You know, I can put it aside for three weeks when I know that if I have it daily, if I spend time with my Savior, if I read his words, that my days will be better. Yes, I'm an idiot <laughs> in some ways because I ignore it. I look past it. So three ways that we abuse this. One of them is we use a substitute for what is healthy. We use something else. So when I was, uh, when I was growing up and then college, probably until I was about 24 years old, I really liked pop. Like Dr. Pepper, Cherry Coke, I could drink that all the time. And I didn't, I don't remember that I drank water hardly at all. Like honestly, like hardly at all. And, and I won't go into details, but back in that day I had some health, not issues, but I, I wasn't healthy. I had some, some issues that, that would come up and, and I didn't feel as healthy. Um, but all I was drinking was pop. And I didn't, you know, you're a college kid, you don't think about, you know, how healthy water is for you or anything like that. And so then we moved to Colorado, and uh, I had my first, for you guys that remember or know or have seen, <laughs> that I kind of keel over sometimes and pass out. I had my first bad episode when I was in Colorado watching Born Identity in movie theater, and bam, out, take me to the emergency room. So I went through all these tests at that time, and uh, they did a heart monitor and all this stuff, and then doctors came back and said, you know, I have this weird blood pressure thing, drops. One thing we want you to do is go off of caffeine. So I, I was like 24 years old. <laughs> caffeine, no way I'm going off of caffeine. They said, you know, it'll improve your health. And it probably will help you not have those moments where you pass out. And so at 24 years old, I stopped drinking pop or caffeine or anything like that. Um, and, and as time went on, you know, some of those health issues I was having, some of those things where I didn't feel as healthy, they started going away. And started getting a lot better. Uh, and I was looking at my brothers who had similar uh, health problems. And they drink pop all the time. And I was trying to tell them, hey, guys, I've learned here. Drinking water is a lot better than any of this other stuff. We should be doing this. You guys should be doing this to be healthy. So what we do, water, what we do is we use substitutes. Things that we actually enjoy better. Doesn't mean those things are bad necessarily. So when it comes to the word of God, for me... I value people's words. 
I value encouragement from others in my life, uh, friends, family. And so it's easy for me to, to look past this if I feel like I'm being challenged or talked to um, and getting words from someone else. And the problem with that is those words from other people are good. That's not a bad thing. But when we put that as a priority over the true word of God, actually Jesus' words to us, then we're not living a healthy life. We're just relying on something that makes us feel better about ourselves. And not going to the true source for life. And that's, that's one thing that I wanted to caution you guys with is make sure that those things that you use in life, and it may not just be people, it may not be people. It may be something else that you run to instead of the word of God. Make sure those things aren't the source for life. Those things don't become what you feel like is the necessity to be able to make it through your day. Because obviously, if, if I set this aside for three weeks, it's because I, I use other things to try to get me through my days. And not Jesus. Not the source for what I should be running to. So that's the first way. The second way is we put ourselves or, or, or circumstances put us in a position where we have to go to it. We go through hard things in lives, uh, in our lives, where, where life is really hard and, and you've exhausted all other resources and you're forced to go back to it. And I think that happens probably for us more than, more than anything, is that we'll be on cruise control going throughout our days and all of a sudden life is shaken and then we... You know, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go back to the source that actually gets me through those hard times. And so I was thinking it as physically, you know, some friend of ours ran their first marathon last weekend. That's 13.3 miles, I think, a uh, half marathon. That's a lot of miles to run. Um, but if you're going to do that, you obviously have to prepare yourself physically to do so, but you also have to be taking care of, of your body, giving it what it needs before, during, and after. And, and one of the people that ran the race in particular, afterwards, their body was telling them, screaming at them, you are short on something you need. You're extremely dehydrated, and you have to fix it right now. You have to take care of that. Screaming at them where you have to make it a priority and you have to actually go over the top from what you were doing previously to make sure you correct this now. That's exactly what happens to us. We feel like we're prepared for life. We're going through it. And then all of a sudden we go through these, these harder things that cause us to be pushed a little more. And all of a sudden our hearts start screaming at us. You have to overcompensate now for what you have not allowed yourself to partake in. Because you hit this moment and it took you back. And now you're on the floor because you don't know how to recover from this. So now you've remembered that you have to go to the source that gets you through everything in life. Because I could go to that family member or the friend that can talk me through these things. But still, at the end of the day, the only person that can really get me through all these hard things in life is Jesus Christ. And he's given me a ton of pages with his words. 
that speak to every issue that I could possibly go through. So we can't put ourselves in the position where where our hearts have to scream to us. Go back to where you should have been in the first place. We can't wait till we get to those points. And that's, that's probably where I've been too often. You know, years and years ago when I was really struggling, I had set this aside for a long time. And I would just go to it just here and there when I needed it. And in that moment when I was really on my knees and I felt like I had nothing, I just went to the Bible. And I remember that those few weeks, you know, as tear-stained Bible. That I just was reading it, reading it. And it had snot and... And tears all over it because that was my source of life right there. And I know you guys have been there. I know you go to it in the hardest of moments. Well, at least I hope you go to it in the hardest moments. Because when you go through all those other resources, you figure out there's just the one that can actually truly get me through life. This necessity that we neglect until our hearts scream to us. Come back. Go to it. Let it help you through these pains and issues. And it may, not any, it may just be a hard time at work. It may be the kids have been pushing us to the max. It could be whatever it is. But we're still, our hearts will scream to us, go to the word. That can help you through this. Go to the word. That can get you through life. Drink of Jesus. Make that necessity. And the last one is we starve ourselves. Just pure starvation. How many of you guys ever fasted for two days? Two days. Two-day fast? One day? I have three to two. One-day fast. Were you hungry at some point in that fast? I mean, did you, did you feel like, I have to have food? Was, was your body crying out as, as you're depriving it of what it needs for daily life? Was your body crying out to you, you are starving me of what I actually need? And because, I mean, fasting has been stated that it can be healthy at times. But at the same time, eventually you have to go back to the food. You have to, you have to eat. You have to drink. Excuse me. My body was just reminding me right now. I'm good. We can starve ourselves of what we need. And eventually, it gets to a point where you have to have it or you will not carry on. I mean, you can go throughout, you can go through life without sleep for a long time, but eventually you have to sleep. You can go underwater and hold your breath, but eventually you have to come up for air. You can fast, you can go without food, but eventually you have to eat. You can starve yourself of the Word of God. But eventually, you have to go back. So the healthy thing is not starving ourselves, not getting us to the point where 
We're so weak and we're so tired and all we have left is going back to it. The healthy thing to do is give ourselves a daily diet of what we actually need. That air, that food, that water, and the word. Can we live a couple days without the word of God? Yes. Can we live a healthy Christian life without a couple days? Yes, we can. But are we more healthy if we go to the source for life? Yes, absolutely. And what happens when you go a couple days? It's a lot easier for me to go three days and then four, then five, then six, then seven, and then I'm at, I'm at three weeks. And, and the way I handle things in my life after three weeks, you know, my family probably would attest to it. I don't see things as clearly. I don't handle things as well. My patience isn't as good. I'm not as happy, not as joyful. So I'm depriving myself of the source of life that gets me through my days. And I would guess a lot of us in in this room do that. Is that we go back to it when we feel like, all right, it's time. It's time to get back into the word. Let me find my passage that I was reading or let me do the... All right, I'm going to read this today. But we truly starve ourselves of what we actually of what we actually need. See, we make all those other things a priority because our bodies are going to die if we don't. But spiritually we start to starve when we don't feed it. And it's really easy to, to, to let that go. But then eventually we will see that life's not working because we did starve ourselves. And so a big challenge for you guys before we move on to the very end of this passage is that you guys know the answer for making your lives healthier. And, and I don't know, you know what, I'm 36 years old and and I've struggled with reading the Bible or, or going to the Word off and on for my whole life. And, and, I, and I know, and I know it's healthier to, to be taking part of this every day. I know it's healthier. I know that's better for me than, than running to anyone else or anything else. I know this. I'm not trying to fight it with other things or trying other things. I, I know. I mean, it's, it's truth. So you could actually sit there and say, you know what, then you're just the biggest dummy in the world because you're stating you know the answer for healthy living, spiritually healthy living, yet you deny yourself of what that is. Or you deny yourself of taking part of it. So how many of us in this room are doing that? How many of us know that my day is going to be better if I spend time with Jesus? You know, nobody else you talk to's words are, how do I put this, uh, divinely created for you. <laughs> but this is inspired 
of God for you. Nothing else you can take of is exactly perfectly what you need, even though you think it is. But the word of God is. Jesus is. So, I mean, we could talk about it all morning, but I I can't sit here. I I feel like this is one of the problems that I have is that I won't stop talking about something because I want so badly to convince other people with what I struggle with. So you guys don't do what I struggle with myself. Come on, guys. Let me be the only one that struggles with this. Everybody else, fix it. (laughs) But I want and I care. I hope you guys see that. I don't get up here and talk to you guys and speak to you guys just because it's fun to talk or I like to hear my own voice, which some of you might argue I do, but I do it because I pray to God that something that I talk about can resonate with a few of you and that because of God, your lives will be better, that you can connect with with scripture and that you could feel like something helped you change because we're going to sit in here and obviously I'm convicted I'm talking about it and I'm telling you what I've struggled with but I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and it's going to be Monday right shoot three hours later I'm going to be watching football I'm not going to be thinking about this so I guess I'm getting to a challenge before the challenge (laughs) If you know this is the key for healthy living, why would we not? Why would we not carve out time every day to spend with Jesus? It's like we go throughout our day, kids, work, you know, all all these other things. And then Jesus is like, hey, hey, remember, hey, the one who gives you life. The one who's giving you the ability to live forever. Eternity, remember that? That's me. Hey, remember me? You haven't carved out any time for me. And and the reality is, Tim, that when you do carve out time for yourself, I actually make your life better that day. It actually helps you. So why would I not do that? Why would we not do that? What, What is it... What you guys have to ask yourselves, what is it that gets in your way? What is it that keeps you from doing that? Because I know there's people in this room that that don't struggle with that as much. But I know there's a lot of us in this room that do. And so what is it that that is keeping us from doing it? What are we going to instead? What are we using that bit of time? I mean, even if it was five minutes a day that we spent time with Jesus just to read something that he has inspired for us. What is it that keeps us from giving five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I mean, listen to what David says. You know, David was somebody, I hope this was David, it might have been one of the other people in Psalms. (laughs) Uh, Well, somebody in Psalms said this, 119, 147, 148. I rise before dawn and I cry for help. I have put my hope in your word. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. I rise before dawn and I cry for help. I have put my hope in your word. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. I don't think they took lightly what, what God's words did. 
I mean, something was going on in their life. They're rising early to battle that day with the word. They weren't going to start it with their morning cup of coffee, a little bit of Facebook, and then let's hit my day. They were going to go to the source for life to start the day. And then if, if life is still pushing at them, then they're going to stay up through the night looking for those words from Jesus Christ. It's, it's an urgency. It's a desperation. What does it say? Crave spiritual milk like a baby craves milk. I mean a baby craves milk. They scream and scream and scream. I think if we go a day or two and, and my heart is not screaming for the word of God, then I'm not living the way I should be living. Because I should be craving this. Like I want this. Like I can't go without it. Just for a moment. Just a little bit. Whatever I can have. But I've got to have something. And for some reason in my life, I've been able to put myself in a position where I can let that pass. And so I challenge you guys, search your hearts. Figure out what it is that are keeping you guys from it. And the reality is, even if the Bible can be boring to you at times and hard to get through and really weird. And like you're reading through Leviticus and it's like hard to understand and all these things. Even at that, persevere in that because God will continue to reveal things to you and help you and make your days better as long as you keep going to the source, the true source, the true necessity for life. Crave it. And then see how life is different. Because later on in this passage... (laughs) I threw my outline, which was marking my passage. (laughs) Um, Okay, I found it. Later on in this passage, it talks about other things that, that we would be doing as believers because of what Jesus did for us. But I think without going to him and reading his words and seeing how he can change our lives, we're gonna miss some of those opportunities. We're not gonna see those things. So when it says in verse uh, verse 5, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. When it talks about us as believers offering ourselves as spiritual sacrifices, I think we miss those opportunities and we don't have the ability to give of those things like we should. If we're not actually going to Christ and depending on him to be able to do that. And so we're also depriving others of of what God would like us to give them. Our offering, our sacrifice, our time, our energy, our efforts in return for what he's done for us. Our spiritual sacrifices. We want to offer of ourselves. But how can we offer of ourselves if we're starving ourselves? Yeah, I'm going to conjure up the, the energy to go help somebody move their house. I'm going to conjure up the ability to go talk to somebody who's really hurting and be able to have words for them when I'm not even going to the word myself. It helps us get to the point where we can actually offer ourselves a spiritual sacrifice. Really, what are we doing here? Honestly, now I'm preaching. What are we doing here? I mean, what are we here for? What are we doing? What am I doing? 
Like I can struggle every day of my life and I can sulk and be so sad about my life and the things I struggle with. And, and I could be missing opportunities all the time to give back to the only one who can actually sustain me in life. So what are we doing? Why are we sitting here? Why, why do we claim to be believers and followers of Christ if we cannot spend time with the one who gave us life and then turn it around and give it back to him? It's not required for eternity. This is a gift that we give back. He says, all right, here's salvation, here's your life, here's eternity. Now because you love me, sacrifice your time, your energy, your finances. Give back to me. So what are we doing here if we just go through the motions, you know, it's so hard because believers, and don't take this the wrong way, believers, you get a bunch of believers in the room and we can be some of the most fake people ever. And we can talk about, oh, this is what I'm doing with my life and this is what I'm, this is how things are. And we don't get real and say, you know what, this is me as a believer. You know, I'm really struggling with actually reading my Bible and I'm really struggling with actually giving of my time and I'm really struggling with being selfish. Well, yeah, so am I. We all are. So what are we doing this morning? What are we doing Sunday morning? Why is this any different than any other Sunday where we got our butts out of bed and we went to church? We, we could actually make a difference for Christ with our lives. Or, or we can just let time go by and 50 years later, we've, we've done the same things and, and we just got our butts out of bed and we went to church and throughout the week then we tried to live the Christian life and we tried to impact people's lives but we also went three weeks without reading the word and you know, going to the source for life and doing all these things that we could be doing to give back to Christ. And so what are we doing today? What are you doing? I mean, this is a question for you yourself, for you to search your own heart. Am I taking my life and looking at the sacrifice that was made for me I mean, eternity. And, and, and I so compelled, compelled to, to live for Christ and go to the source for life and then give to others. So what am I doing today? What are you doing today? We're going to take communion here. And this is a really good opportunity. It's not just, you know, bread and juice and we walk up and we take it and we go sit down and we start singing again. It's actually an opportunity to remember the sacrifice that was made for you, for me, for all of us. And what I want you guys to do this morning is, is that this prayer, I mean, pray. <laughs> this is not, and this doesn't take away from any other Sundays. I hope you did it other Sundays. But pray that this is not a Sunday like any other Sunday where I heard something and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a really good point. Obviously. I mean, this is not me that's making a good point. But this is obviously a, a really good point that we should be convicted by. So how this time do I not get to Monday morning and life takes over and I forget about those things and then gradually it, it just it's gone again until the next time Tim's up here, because I've, I've talked about this a lot, <laughs> um, or someone else, and we hear those same kind of things and we're like, oh yeah, the source for life, oh yeah, the key to making life better, healthier. Oh yeah, giving of myself for others. <laughs> How do we make it different this time? You know, this verse, this passage talked about 
the, the God who brought us out of darkness into light. Our lives were way worse <laughs> before that moment when we said, you know what, I believe and I am following Christ. And now I'm his. Our lives were awful before that point. And now we have Jesus. And no matter what is going on in our lives otherwise, we still have Jesus. We always can come back to, no matter what, we have Jesus. And so he brought us out of this darkness into light. So when we come before him and we start to remember these things, truly, you, you take the bread, you take the cup, and you remember, this, this is his body broken, literally, physically broken for me. And this is his blood that was shed, literally, physically shed for me. This was the sacrifice that was made on my behalf. And so as I take this, I want to remember that. And I want to be overwhelmed by what has happened for me. And tomorrow morning or this afternoon or whenever, I'm going to continue to remember this. And I want to go to the source. Just like I have to wake up or, and, and have food and water and, and the word of God. Jesus, I have to have him every day. I have to crave him. If I don't have them, my, my life will not be spiritually healthy. I will not spiritually grow. I will not be able to spiritually impact others like I could if I was going to the source for life. Jesus, just thank you so much for all you do for us, Lord, and, and giving us your word. And, and despite our struggles, you keep reminding us and keep telling us that you've got the answers for our days and how to get through life and how to, to live. So Jesus, I just pray that, that we wouldn't just be convicted on a Sunday morning and then the conviction would, would just go away. That we would continue to be convicted and we would continue to know exactly what we need, Jesus. So Father God, I just pray though, that you would help us all because we can't do it without you. We can't take care of these things on our own. So thank you for salvation, thank you for your word, and thank you for the reminders that, that you continue to give us, Lord. In your name, amen. We cannot go without the truth of the word of God to fight, to fight, to fight the lies of Satan. So don't go without the truth. Life is better when you're healthy. Don't go without that truth. Let's proclaim this to the Lord one more time as we leave. Let's sing this out so that Satan can hear us because we're no match for him, right? But the truth of the word of God is. So let's proclaim this one more time very loudly. Let's sing, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Okay? Because, I mean, if Satan can hear that truth, he can't touch you. Right? Satan trembles at the name of Jesus. So let's say it. One, two, three. Jesus. 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 Satan trembles because of the truth that we are no longer his slaves. I'm no longer